Live around the globe, it's time for Rudy Max's World on the SSI Radio Network. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the deserts, bear, man. I breathe the mountain air, man. I travel, I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere. Get on the phone now and call 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. Or email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. And now, the savvy traveler himself, Rudy Maxa. Welcome aboard. Well, until midnight tonight, that's Saturday, till midnight Eastern time, tonight's Saturday, you can pick up rooms in Florida, Mexico, the Caribbean, and Latin America for up to 50% off regular room rates during the second annual Cyber Summer Hotel Sale. Pay 98 bucks a night for a boutique hotel on a lake in Guatemala. 300 a night for a junior suite at Cuisine Art Golf and Resport Spa in Guila. That usually costs 600 a night. It's off-season in tropical places, but these prices on Saturday only are, are, very quite, are, are only for Saturday and are very quite special. Check it out at CyberSummerTravel.com. You're listening to America's most widely syndicated radio travel show. I'm your genial radio show host, travel journalist Rudy Maxa. Coming up this hour, world travelers should understand that different cultures regard time in very different ways. Americans consider time as money, so we're generally punctual. Chinese will often show up 15 to 20 minutes before a scheduled get-together to finish the business ahead of the allotted time, while posting on time for a meeting with Spaniards often disturbs them because they regard time as a bit more flexible. We'll talk about these findings with guest Sir Richard Lewis. He's a cross-cultural expert who studies time and culture. We'll take a look at what might be, excuse me. We'll take a look at what might be the least expensive cruise you can take. Repositioning cruises when cruise lines switch ships from one continent to the other. We'll learn the answer to how current global politics are affecting travel to Russia by Americans. And is there a better place to spend July Fourth than in Philly? Nope, says the mayor of Philadelphia's assistant, who's going to try to convince us of that. Normally, I do a few minutes of travel news at the opening segment of Rudy Max's World, but I want to devote uh, this uh, segment to a stunning piece of reporting. In USA Today this week, that took an in-depth look at the private aviation industry in the United States, specifically as it applies to small planes and helicopters. This may give you pause. The next time you can, this may give you pause. The next time you consider boarding a sightseeing flight, did you know that every day in the U.S., three small planes or helicopters crash, killing on average more than one person a day? Now, often those accidents are blamed on pilot error when they're really the fault of manufacturing errors that have been either covered up or not discovered. So says USA Today reporter Thomas Frank, who wrote this three-part series that uh, we posted on our Facebook fan page. You can find it online. He joins me now. Uh, Tom, Thomas, uh, welcome to the show. Nice to have you here. Hey, great. Thanks for having me, Rudy. Tom, it was a great series. I know you did a lot of reporting, and we've only got about five minutes, four minutes. Let's, let's get into it. Uh, we, did, did you think you were going to find this? Uh, what started you on this hunt? What started me on this was actually, a, I just came across a story that had been written a couple of years ago about a jury verdict uh, against a manufacturing company in one of these small plane crashes. And there was a line in the story that said, uh, a couple of years earlier, the National Transportation Safety Board, in its investigation, had blamed the crash on pilot error. And I wondered, how often does it happen that you have a jury verdict that contradicts an NTSB finding? And that's what really got me going. And I started looking for those contradictions. And then once I started finding more of them, I started thinking, maybe the story here really isn't that the NTSB is being contradicted, but that there are these defects that these juries are finding are causing these crashes and awarding millions and millions of dollars in damages. You found an extraordinary number of companies that have settled for tens of millions of dollars. General Electric, Cessna, Mitsubishi, Sikorsky, Lycoming. And 
largely for design flaws, such as a bad bolt or pilot seats suddenly slide backwards, ruptured field fuel tanks, carburetor defects. But, but you also highlight the fact that the NTSB, which cannot make rules, only the FAA can, but the NTSB, the National Transportation Safety Board, can suggest to the FAA rules that the NTSB doesn't investigate all crashes very thoroughly. They don't have the manpower to do it. The FAA doesn't take their recommendations often. And even when they do, talk about this thing, this little sort of loophole about rules only applying to planes in the year they're made. It's actually even it's worse than what you just said. It has to, it, it's the safety standards. Uh, well, let me back up. If a manufacturer could make a brand-new airplane that comes off the assembly line today that is required by law to adhere to safety standards from the 1960s. Because and that's when their des- original design was, When it was right? originally designed, uh, which is, just for some context, that's not at all how it's done with automobiles. No. What the DOT does is, is they put out these regulations, and they basically said, okay, here's a new regulation. Uh, starting, May, you know, starting next year, your cars have to meet this regulation, and the car companies just do the redesigns, and it's not a big deal. But in aviation... There are the most popular airplanes out there, the most popular small Cessnas and Pipers, are, are built to safety standards from the 1960s because the FAA lets manufacturers continue to build airplanes under the safety standards under which they were originally designed. And as I say, these airplanes were designed decades ago. So you have airplanes coming off the assembly line without what we would think of as, as standard safety features. Uh, I think I quoted one person in my story saying, it would be like if you could buy a brand-new Volkswagen Beetle without seat belts. The point being right. that the CW Beetle was designed uh, you know, in the 60s, but of course you could never buy a brand-new car today without seat belts and airbags and all these other things. So, and this, this point becomes even dram- more dramatic when you com- compare the average age of a car in the U.S. with the average age of these so-called general aircraft that are in our skies, quarter right. of a million of them, by the way. Uh, right, so the, right, the average age of a general aviation airplane is, is 40 years old, uh, and the average age of your car is, is 11 years old. There's just much more turnover in the automobile fleet than in the aviation fleet. And this is partly because an airplane is a lot more expensive than a car, so you're not going to go buy a new one every few years just because you like the new design. So people keep these things for years and years and years, and then it becomes a question really of how well do they maintain them. And the people who own these things are just people like you and me. They're not pilots. They're amateur pilots who have other jobs and other lives, and it's a lot of responsibility to take care of something where you know, if you get into an accident, it's not like you're just going to pull over to the side of the road. You're going to yeah. crash. Unbelievable. Just unbelievable. You had a quote from one aviation expert. If it's cheaper to let you die than to fix it, you're going to die, meaning that companies would, you know, they weigh the cost of having to go back and replace parts on planes that are 41 years old and go, well, you know, we can take a lawsuit on this one because it'll be cheaper. Last stat, and then we got to go. Uh, Tom, we could talk about this all the whole hour. Yeah. This incredible stat, at least 2,124 air ambulance helicopters have crashed since 1982, killing 252 patients, pilots, and medical personnel, and injuring 175. Unbelievable. The air ambulance industry has had a lot of problems, and it's actually gotten a lot of attention. And I use that statistic as an example where the NTSB would investigate these and over and over and over would say, pilot error, pilot error, pilot error. And then after like 20 years of these things, the NTSB would take an in-depth look and say, well, actually, there are these other factors going on that have nothing to do with pilot error, like 
They don't have dispatchers who can tell them, look, you've got to be careful. You might be flying into bad weather or, you know, you're going to be landing someplace in some unstable terrain because these, you know, these things land wherever the accident is. Unbelievable. Tom Frank is a reporter with USA Today. We're going to put a link to his stories on my Facebook page, Rudy Maxa, Travel Slash Leisure. Tom, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. Incredible piece of reporting. I mean, just, I don't know. I tell you, I fly a lot of small planes and helicopters, and I'm a little worried. Stick around. We'll be right back. We're going to talk about how different cultures regard time. To participate in the program and speak with Rudy Maxa, call 800-387-8025 or email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. Introducing Orbitz Rewards. It's the only way to earn and redeem rewards instantly. And the only thing better than earning and redeeming instant travel rewards? Earning and redeeming even more instant travel rewards. When you join Orbitz Rewards, use the promo code GOGOGO for an extra 15% off eligible hotels. Instant rewards you can pile on top of more instant rewards. That's what we call happy. Sign up now at Orbitz.com slash rewards to get instant vacation gratification or look under sponsors at RudyMaxa.com. At last, Nexium, the purple pill, is available without a prescription for frequent heartburn. See those women drinking their iced mocha whatevers? Now they have Nexium-level protection. That guy struggling to text and eat soup at the same time? Him too. Introducing Nexium 24-Hour, the protection of the number one prescribed acid-blocking brand, just without the prescription. New Nexium 24-Hour, Nexium-level protection, now in the heartburn aisle. May take one to four days. Use as directed to treat frequent heartburn, not for immediate relief. If you've got aches and pain and soreness, it could be chronic inflammation. Listen to Dave talk about Relief Factor 4. I was in a sawmill accident and suffered with pain and discomfort for 60 years. I heard about Relief Factor 4 and decided to order it. And in four days, I was walking without a limp and without pain. I am thrilled. For more information or to order Relief Factor 4, go online at relieffactor4.com. That's relieffactor4.com. We all know the Internet connects you to everyone. But ever think how the Internet also connects everyone to you? It's a recipe for identity theft. Thieves can get to our personal info with just a few clicks. So isn't it crazy not to have identity theft protection? I know I've got all kinds of sensitive information floating around online. The good news is you can help protect yourself with a free trial from Identity Guard by visiting IdentityGuard.com slash free. To join Rudy Maxa, call 800-387-8025. You can email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. Now back to Rudy Maxa's World. It's 18 minutes after the hour, and this segment of Rudy Maxa's World is brought to you by Orbitz Rewards, the only way to earn and redeem rewards instantly. What's better than that? Well, earning and redeeming even more instant travel rewards. So go to Orbitz Rewards and use the promo code GOGOGO to sign up for an extra 15% off eligible hotel stays. Those are instant rewards you can pile on top of more instant rewards. Sign up now at orbits.com slash rewards to get instant vacation gratification or go to rudymaxa.com and look under sponsors. Well, as most anyone who travels internationally knows, time is regarded very differently in different cultures, especially when it comes to Eastern and Western countries. But most of us don't know how differently time is regarded by others. Those differences caught my attention to my next guest, Sir Richard Lewis of the UK-based Richard Lewis Communications. He's one of Britain's foremost linguists and the founder of Berlitz schools in East Asia, Portugal, and Finland. 
He's been the personal tutor in Japan to Empress Michiko and five other members of the uh, uh, imperial family. He lectures on cross-cultural topics around the world, and he recently wrote an article for businessinsider.com. It's got a straightforward title, How Different Cultures Understand Time. Welcome to the show, Sir Richard. Nice to have you here. Now, Good afternoon. Yes. You identify several different concepts of time. Let me run through them very quickly, and then we're going to get to specific examples, because you have fascinating examples. There's linear time that you say applies to Americans, for whom time is money. In the case of Americans, you say, and I quote, the past is over, but the present you can seize, parcel, package, and make it work for you in the immediate future. So that's linear time, just straightforward right out. Then there's multi-active time for Southern Europeans who feel the more they can do at the same time, the happier they are. They're not as concerned as Americans or Germans or Swiss about schedules and punctuality. That's multi-active time. And then there's cyclic time of Eastern cultures who see time as a cycle. They realize the sun rises and sets every day. The seasons come around regularly, and time, therefore, seems to be in unlimited supply, which may help account for the long time by Western standards. It often takes Asians to make decisions. So these different concepts must collide all the time, don't they, Richard? Well, yes. I wrote a book called uh, When Cultures Collide. It's not only time colliding, but uh, certainly time does. You know, the people live in different worlds when it comes to time. Let me give you an example. I used to work for the Deutsche Welle, which is the uh, German, uh, you know, shortwave service broadcasting news of the world. And we were three announcers, English, one English, one French, and Italian. And, uh, you know, the routine was that we came in to the office at 9 o'clock in the morning. The German editors had the German news for us, the news in German. We translated it in about an hour, an hour and a half. And we read the news at noon. And it was an easy three hours, you know. I used to translate it an hour and a half and then have coffee till noon. Now, the Frenchman did the same. But the Italian, he didn't come in at 9 o'clock, you know. He, he was an Italian. And he came in at 10 o'clock or maybe 10.15 or maybe half past 10. And, you know, his German editor used to get very worried that he wasn't going to show up. And they got worse and worse, you know, it came in later and later. And then one morning he showed up, he didn't show up until quarter past 11. And his editor, Pfefferkorn, you know, was a nervous wreck by then. And as soon as Giovanni walked in, you know, Pfefferkorn rushed to him and said, Giovanni, you should have been here at nine o'clock. And Giovanni said, why? What happened? And Pfefferkorn said, nothing happened. So when he said, why should I have been here at 9 o'clock? Now, this was rather, you know, humorous for the rest of us because uh, they, they lived in two completely different worlds. You know, for the German, what was important was that you come at 9 o'clock because that's when you're supposed to come, punctuality. And for the Italian, what was important was reading the news properly and correctly, which he always did. So, you know, how do you reconcile those two people? And you said in and then, of Spain, course, there are other aspects of time. Uh, if you look at the U.S. and Mexico, you could almost reflect the situation. Uh, Mexicans are noted for mañana, and Americans think that well, you know, mañana means they're lazy. But you know, the Mexicans are not lazy. If you go to a factory in Mexico or even Italy or Spain, you'll find that people are working very hard indeed. You know, they're they're not lazy at all. So, what's the reason for mañana? Why do they do things late? Very often, you know, it's lack of resources, uh, or they believe that the market is not yet ready yet for the product, or maybe they think it's not a good idea, but they don't want to tell you. So, you know, the, 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 the reasons for manana are, are not laziness. My but guess is... Sir- the concepts of time, you have the Native Americans, they, they are looking at events, and they see a wedding happen in their village. Maybe there's a wedding happening in another village at the same time. 
but they don't if they don't see it then it for them it's a later event so they regard the weddings as being you know one uh, consequent to the other and not necessarily at the same time let me, uh, Richard, let me, let me, re- let me re-identify you for our audience. I'm talking with Sir Richard Lewis of Richard Lewis Communications. He's a linguist and founder of Berlitz schools in various countries. And we're talking about the difference in time as it applies to cultures. Uh, Richard, let me ask you, I don't know if you've ever been to the Caribbean, but one gripe that tourists have, visit travelers when they go to the Caribbean, is uh, the, the service is very slow. Uh, you know, nobody seems to quite bring out the coffee on time and that sort of thing. How do you? How would you explain that different concept yeah, of time? cultures, you know, they're not linear like Brits or Americans. You know, what, what they say is when God made time, he made plenty of it. And so, <laughs> you know, why use it up so fast? <laughs> uh, it's a different tempo of life. It doesn't mean that uh, they don't do things. They do them uh, a little bit more in a more leisurely manner than we do. Let's look at Asia. Asia. Talk to me yeah, about Asia. Well, they believe in cyclic time. They and and, and that, Japan uh, is saying different than Jap- uh, China, isn't it? And sets every evening. Uh, you know, we have the seasons uh, uh, succeed each other. So, you know, things are not going to change. So if you don't do it this week, you can do it next month or next year. Um, opportunity always uh, comes again for you. But there are differences, say, between Japan and China, aren't there? Well, yeah, the, the Japanese and the Chinese um, are... Uh, Fairly, uh, fairly punctual. I mean, you have other Asians like Indonesians and Thais who mm. take things in a much more leisurely manner. Uh, I wouldn't uh, say that uh, you know that it's quite the same system throughout, throughout Asia. You notice it, you know, with economic success. I mean, Japan and China are successful economically. They they don't have American time, but they're somewhere between you know the Americans and the other Asians. And you pointed out in your article that in Spain, if you show up for a dinner party or a business meeting right on time, you can sometimes discombobulate your host or, or well, people you're yes. meeting with. I mean, that would apply also to Brazil, where a lot of parties are going on at the moment. I mean, in Brazil, if you show up at 8 o'clock for uh, the cocktail party advertised at that time, you know, the hostess is still in the bath, and uh, the the hostess is probably out buying the, buying the shopping for the party. So, and the maid who opens the door would be astonished, you know, that you you came. So, in Brazil, it's better to arrive about two hours late, and then you're right on time. Two hours, Richard? Is that an exaggeration? Two hours? It's not an exaggeration at all. No, no. I would say it's almost an understatement. That is incredible. And then, then of course, on the other end, entire under the spectrum, you have the Swiss. The Swiss are love punctuality. They, they, if you go to Switzerland, you'll find that the trains don't leave on the minute, they leave on the second. You know, if the train is 3.18, they leave at 3.18. And, uh, and that's that. Uh, that's the way they organize their lives. And, uh, well, personally, I wouldn't quarrel with that, but I, I couldn't say I'm quite that accurate myself. And, and these difference in the perception of, differences in the perception of time do affect travelers in, when they're in these countries. And, and I think certainly Americans, I can't speak for Brits as well, but, I mean, we do draw negative inferences sometimes from these different conceptions, not understanding that this is a whole different mindset that we're in the midst of. Well, we do, too. Uh, you know, we're fairly punctual in Britain, but uh, you're more punctual in America than we are. But, uh, you know, you have different concepts of time. I mean, if you go to Madagascar, which has a very strange and unique concept of time, they see the future behind them and the past in front of them. Now, it sounds strange to say that, but if you think of the past, it's something you've already seen. So you see it in front of your eyes. You know what happened, and you can, you can kind of replay it. 
but the future, you don't know. So it's behind your head where you don't have any eyes. So you see, they, they look at things quite differently from we do, and in, in a way, it's more logical. So how, how do you argue with that? Right, and we would say, well, the future is in front of us, and the past is behind our heads, and they're saying just the opposite. Uh, because they can see it. They can see the past because it's happened already, but they can't see the future because it's not happened yet, so it's behind their head. It's starting to make sense to me. Yeah, well, and, you know, we, we've been to, my wife and I were in Madagascar, and we got on a bus which was scheduled to leave at 9 o'clock, and it left at 10 o'clock. And, you know, it had only filled up by 5 to 10, and then it left. And I asked the university professor about this. I said, look, you know, why did it happen like that? He said, it's because it's logical. And I said, what do you know? What do you mean, logical? He said, well, for two reasons. First of all, if he left at 9 o'clock, he'd only taken the fare from two of you, whereas when the bus left full, he made a lot more money. And secondly, that was the time, 10 o'clock, when most people wanted the bus to leave. And I couldn't argue with that either because, uh, you know, we wanted it to leave at 9 o'clock, but about 40 people wanted it to leave at 10 o'clock. So how can you contradict that argument? <laughs> Richard, Sir <laughs> Richard Lewis. Uh, are quite, they're quite different from others. <laughs> Sir Richard Lewis runs Richard Lewis Communications. Um, we'll put a link to this article on our Facebook fan page. Thank you, Richard, for joining me. It was a pleasure. Yeah. Terrific. Just just terrific. I mean, it has changed my whole way of thinking about time um, and, and relating it much more to culture. You're listening to Rudy Max's World. We'll be back. Rudy Max's World is coming right back. So get on the phone now at 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. You can also enjoy the program anytime at RudyMaxa.com. At last, Nexium, the purple pill, is available without a prescription for frequent heartburn. See those women drinking their iced mocha whatevers? Now they have Nexium-level protection. That guy struggling to text and eat soup at the same time? Him too. Introducing Nexium 24-Hour, the protection of the number one prescribed acid-blocking brand, just without the prescription. New Nexium 24-Hour, Nexium-level protection, now in the heartburn aisle. May take one to four days. Use as directed to treat frequent heartburn, not for immediate relief. If you've got aches and pain and soreness, it could be chronic inflammation. Listen to Dave talk about Relief Factor 4. I was in a sawmill accident and suffered with pain and discomfort for 60 years. I heard about Relief Factor 4 and decided to order it. And in four days, I was walking without a limp and without pain. I am thrilled. For more information or to order Relief Factor 4, go online at relieffactor4.com. That's relieffactor4.com. Participate in the program, call now at 800-387-8025 or log on to RudyMaxa.com. Here's Rudy Maxa. It is 33 minutes after the hour on, uh, I hope it's a gorgeous summer day where you are. I know the uh, heavy rains in the upper Midwest have subsided and there's some heavy flooding, but at least it's a day of drying out. Paul Motter joins us now now and again because he's our expert on cruises. He uh, is the editor of CruiseMates.com. And there is such a thing as a repositioning cruise that will probably offer you one of the very best deals on a cruise you'll ever get in your life. Uh, Paul, welcome back to the show. I haven't talked to you in a while. Nice to hear you, Royce. Thank you, Rudy. It's always a pleasure to be here. 
Okay, will you explain for our audience what a repositioning cruise is? And uh, I think that will probably even explain why it's a deal. Sure. Um, cruises tend to follow the sun. They, they can move with the, um, the seasonal changes in climate and go to the best climate at different times of the year. So during the winter, they tend to be in the Caribbean or Mexico. And then in the summer, they'll go to Europe or Alaska. And they have to move these ships, obviously, from point A to B, and that's when that's what the repositioning cruise is. And so I gather, you know, because they don't really, well, I, I don't know. Why is it cheaper? Because they don't return you to your destination? It's not like leaving you know, Fort Lauderdale and coming back a week later from Fort Lauderdale after cruising the Caribbean? Well, it, it's cheaper because it takes time to sail these cruises. It takes typically seven days to ten days to cross the Atlantic, for example. So you don't get a lot of ports of call. Right. Right. And, but you uh, get a lot of shipboard experience, which is fun for a lot of people. Right. And what kind of savings can you realize? I mean, is this 10% off, 20% off? Um, well, actually, it can be as much as 50% off on a, a per day, per diem basis. Do you have some for, examples? For example, yeah. um, Adventure of the Seas, a typical Royal Caribbean ship that will sail in the Caribbean for seven days, is usually about thousand dollars for a seven-day cruise in a balcony you can do a 14-night crossing right now for 525 dollars so it takes twice as long and it's half the price and you you cross the atlantic to go to europe yeah well in this case it's actually a quarter of the price because it's 14 days but that's for an inside cabin a balcony cabin will cost you about 799 but it's still cheaper yeah, than say, 14 days at 800 for a balcony compared to seven days in the Caribbean, 1,000 for a balcony. Right. That's a, that is a huge savings. Do you have any others? Um, yeah. Um, some really good ships. Um, you, you know, there, there's a wide variety of ships from main, you know, mainstream to luxury. And I saw some of the nicer ships getting into more premium, like Celebrity Reflection, is doing a 15-night crossing, and it's $1,999 for 15 nights coming from Europe back to Fort Lauderdale. Is that per person, by the way? That is per person, yes. Okay. And what might, I mean, it'll be, is that you think represents about a 50% savings? Well, on, on a per-night basis, yes, I would say about 50%. Right. Now, you're talking about coming back from Europe, so you're looking now into the fall, right? Yeah, um, ships tend to go from from America to Europe in May, and then they come, start coming back in August. And one interesting thing I noticed is in August they tend to take the more northerly routes. For example, if you want to see Iceland or Greenland, you might schedule a cruise for August, leaving from Europe to come back to New York or, or Miami. If you want to see the Canary Islands and Bermuda, you might want to come back in October. And will those trips, those those crossings, as you call them, will they stop in those places? Yeah, they do. They they. What you often get with the transatlantic cruise is a cruise and a crossing. So what they'll do is spend maybe seven days cruising in a, a certain region on one end or the other, Europe or the or the Caribbean, and mm-hmm. then they'll do the crossing, and it's a combination ah. cruise. I see. So is now the time to book for a uh, a repositioning cruise in the fall? Yes, this is definitely the perfect time to book. And would you call the cruise line directly or a travel agent? Um, I always recommend a travel agent because 
Um, first of all, you'll get to see all of the cruise lines that way, not just one cruise line. And there are many other reasons, too. And also, they may do a lot of order. They may have a lot of business at a particular cruise line. They might be able to get you a few perks, like, you know, champagne in the room or an upgrade or whatever. They can get you perks, and they can do troubleshooting if you have problems. Um, a, travel, a good travel agent is always a good asset. All right. So you just call up, basically, call a travel agent who specializes in, or most travel agents do do cruises, but find one who, who, who you think is good, and call them up and say, tell me about repositioning cruise in the falls. What are my options, right? Right. It's that nope. easy. It's just that easy. Well, those, those prices are just extraordinary. I mean, <laughs> it's just extraordinary, particularly on the ships you, you mentioned. you have one more deal before we sign off? Um, yeah, I want to mention that Oasis of the Seas, the world's largest ship, is leaving Florida for the first time, and it's going over to Barcelona um, September 1st. So that is one way to get to Europe in September. And then it's and coming you know, back to Fort Lauderdale October 15th. And do you know how much that costs? Only $675 for a 12-day trip. No. For that ship, that's extraordinary. So for $1,200, a couple can go. $100 a day on a 12-day cruise on the Oasis of the Seas. Um, no, 675 for a 12-day cruise. But that's per person. Per person, a couple. You're correct, yes. Yeah, so 1200 for a couple. Paul Motter, check him out at cruisemates.com. And if a repositioning cruise sounds interesting to you, why not? Book now. You're listening to Rudy Max's World. Be back in uh, just a few minutes after a quick break. Thank you, Paul. Call now to talk to Rudy Maxa at 800-387-8025. You can also email the show anytime at info at rudymaxa.com. Hey, welcome to Boost Mobile. What can I get for you today? Well, uh, what are your options? Well, you can pick a phone and get a plan starting at just $40 a month with unlimited talk, text, and data. Hmm, okay, okay. Uh, how much is the plan for uh, this smartphone? $40 a month. What about the plan for that one with the huge screen? Yeah, that one also is $40 a month. Even with the new Samsung Galaxy S5? Yep. How much is the plan with that shiny gold phone? It's got to be like, what, a thousand bucks, right? Wrong. No matter which phone you choose, our plan started $40 a month. Okay, okay, I get that. But, but what about... Pick the phone you want on the plan you want. Plan starting only $40 a month for unlimited talk, text, and data on a nationwide Sprint 4G LTE network. Available at Boost Mobile, Best Buy, and Radio Shack. Boost Mobile. $40 plan includes 500 megabytes a month of 3G, 4G high-speed data. Video streaming may be limited to 3G speeds. Shrinking payment discounts are not included with monthly unlimited select plans. Coverage not available everywhere. Sprint 4G LTE reaches over 200 million people. Phone availability may vary. Additional restrictions apply. See in-store materials or boostmobile.com for details. If you've got aches and pain and soreness, it could be chronic inflammation. Listen to Dave talk about Relief Factor 4. I was in a sawmill accident and suffered with pain and discomfort for 60 years. I heard about Relief Factor 4 and decided to order it. And in four days, I was walking without a limp and without pain. I am thrilled. For more information or to order Relief Factor 4, go online at relieffactor4.com. That's relieffactor4.com. At last, Nexium, the purple pill, is available without a prescription for frequent heartburn. See those women drinking their iced mocha whatevers? Now they have Nexium-level protection. That guy struggling to text and eat soup at the same time? Him too. Introducing Nexium 24-Hour, the protection of the number one prescribed acid-blocking brand, just without the prescription. New Nexium 24-Hour, Nexium-level protection, now in the heartburn aisle. May take one to four days. Use as directed to treat frequent heartburn, not for immediate relief. We all know the internet connects you to everyone. 
But ever think how the internet also connects everyone to you? It's a recipe for identity theft. Thieves can get to our personal info with just a few clicks. So isn't it crazy not to have identity theft protection? I know I've got all kinds of sensitive information floating around online. The good news is you can help protect yourself with a free trial from Identity Guard by visiting identityguard.com slash free. This next song goes out to someone real special, web developers. You've developed a worldwide web of convenience, and Geico.com is eternally grateful. Now everyone can pay bills, manage policies, maybe save big money on car insurance, all from the comfort of their desk chairs, recliners, and waterbeds. You're magicians with wands made of binary code, and that's why we're sending this next song out to you. For a free rate quote, visit Geico.com. Participate in the program, call now at 800-387-8025 or log on to RudyMaxa.com. Here's Rudy Maxa. Well, you don't have to uh, watch CNN round the clock to know that uh, there's trouble in the world, and uh, Russia at the moment isn't exactly, uh, we're not exactly in the best uh, uh, detente mode uh, versus uh, the former Soviet Union. And uh, I read an article recently that tourism was, uh, American tourism had dropped sharply uh, to Russia uh, because of all the publicity regarding, obviously, Ukraine. Greg Tepper is the president of Exeter International. It's a very upscale travel company that, that has been running tours to, to Russia for many years. How many years, Greg, have you been in business uh, taking been, folks to Russia? It's been 20 years, actually. So you've seen, you've seen it all. You've seen Soviet Union become Russia. Yes, exactly. As a matter of fact, that's how I uh, ended up starting my company. I lived in uh, in Russia right at the end of the Soviet Union in 1992, and I saw how everything was changing with new hotels opening up there that uh, hadn't existed during the communist era. So it's uh, I've kind of lived through it all. And Exeter International, are you based in Florida, did I recall right? Yep, we are in Tampa, Florida. Okay. So how have things I, – I, the actual article I read that draw, that, that, in, in which I saw your name, and which is why I called you and asked you to be on the show, I think that was about three or four weeks ago. Has there been any uh, – well, let's, let's first go back. When did, when did bookings start dropping off? Was it directly linked to the whole Ukraine thing? Yeah, I mean, I, I should start by saying that last year, uh, 2000, uh, 2013, was probably the, the best year uh, we'd ever had uh, for travel to Russia, and it looked like we were going to surpass that in uh, 2014. So um, travel to Russia has been going up um, every year, probably for the last uh, 10, 15 years, ever since the, uh, the conflict in Kosovo ended, which was a very bad time for, for travel to uh, Eastern Europe. Um, so it had been building and building. Um, this year looked like it was going to be uh, uh, another record year, and uh, exactly, I guess it was right at the, in March, which is probably the busiest time for people to book their trips to uh, to Russia for the summer. <coughs> Excuse me. The uh, that's when when uh, it was a, just an absolute uh, stop to to new bookings, and some bookings started canceling. Um, but uh, as as with anything, it's a pretty resilient uh, travel market, and. Uh, now that the news has been a little bit calmer, um, we're starting to see some, some bookings come back for the fall. Uh, and uh, travel to Russia is, is strongest May through September. So right now we're starting to book some last-minute stuff and, and also uh, trips in September. 
What did so? And I, I presume your optimism was not only fueled by several years of increasing business, but also the the, the Russian the Sochi Olympics must have, you know, got people a little more interested in Russia. So the drop off must have been dramatic. How, did you? What percentage do you think it looked like? You know, at its worst, how much had business fallen versus last year? I think that at this point, we're looking at a 30 or 40 percent drop. And it's not just from, from my company. Um, right. You know, my company is about 50 percent of our sales go to, uh, to to Russia. The rest go to Croatia and, and Poland and, and Czech Republic, places like that, because we represent all of, all of Central and Eastern Europe. Uh, but the uh, travel to Russia itself, my guess, is going to be off 40 um, percent. I'm very close to the leading hotels over there, and uh, I know that their bookings, it's not just um, tourism that has dropped, but as you can imagine, uh, group bookings have, have dropped even farther because uh, group sure. planners have a hard time taking people into a location that uh, that their participants don't want to go to, um, that they're nervous about it. They're, 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 they tend to be a very conservative group of people, uh, group planners, and, and they just don't want to, uh, they want to avoid is, controversy. So, Is there any reason for them to be nervous? Uh, no. As a matter of fact, that's the, uh, the ironic thing is that uh, there's probably not been a better time to travel to Russia in, in many years. Uh, because of the drop in travel, um, the sites that people want to go see are all still there. Um, the, the Hermitage, uh, the Kremlin, the Armory. They're much less crowded this season than they have been in the past, um, and uh, you know the summer crowds can be can be pretty overwhelming, particularly in St. Petersburg when the big cruise ships uh, start sure. hitting. Um, there are a lot of people who come off those cruise ships, and there's just only so many people who can get through the Hermitage in one day, and uh, right. everyone wants to get through it. So, um, so this has been, been a fantastic year. There, there. I, you know, I was just there a few weeks ago, and, and I can tell you, there, there's no anti-American uh, feeling on the street. Um, I was stunned when I saw two different people walking down the street in St. Petersburg wearing American flags on their T-shirts, um, so, which is a strong indication that uh, you know, if, if they feel comfortable, if the locals feel comfortable wearing American flags on their, on their clothes, uh, it's, not a, it's not a dangerous thing to do. Ten seconds left. Any break in prices? Uh, yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, the hotels are, are much more flexible. Um, okay. That's uh, for, for sure. Uh, that's probably where you want to look to see better value uh, this summer when you're traveling to Russia. More details on Greg's company and his tours to Eastern Europe and Russia. Go to Exeter International, excuse me, ExeterInternational.com. Greg, thanks for stopping by. My pleasure. Thanks so much. Greg Tepper is the president of Exeter International, based in Florida, and uh, obviously, as you heard, he specializes in Russia. Stick around. Be right back. Rudy Max's World phone lines are open now, so call us at 800-387-8025. We'll be back after these messages. The telephone number to call the program is 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. Or visit the show online at RudyMaxa.com. Here again is Rudy Maxa. It's 52 minutes after the hour. If you haven't gone to my Facebook fan page, uh, please do hit the like button if you like what you see there. We post links to almost all our guests, some of our deals. I post during the week some of the weird things I find on the road. Or interesting, I shouldn't say weird, I should say interesting things. Um, feel free. It's Rudy Max at Travel Slash Leisure. There's also just a Rudy Max, which is my personal one, which I pay very little attention to because I just don't have the time to. 
Uh, now, going to Philadelphia on July 4th seems pretty sensible, given all the action uh, that Philadelphia saw in the history of the, the early history of these United States. Desiree Peterkin-Bell uh, works with Mayor uh, Michael Nutter, and she's going to spend the next four or five minutes convincing us we ought to go spend July 4th in Philadelphia. Desiree, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. All right. Uh, let me just let me just ask you a quick question because a listener knew you were coming on. I guess Janet posted something on Facebook page saying you were coming on. They want to know what your opinion is for the best Philly cheesecake. You're walking on the minefield here. Be careful. I know. They're all great. They're all. <laughs> so they're all great. I mean, so you can pick from you can pick from Jim's. You can even go to Reading Terminal. They have some, and then you have Pat's and Gino's as well. So I mean, and then you have Pat's some on the outsides. Uh, so to be safe, try them all. Yeah, spoken like a true assistant to a mayor. Um, all right, let's go. Let's turn our attention to July Fourth. I was surprised to note and, and, and that 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 Philadelphia is holding the largest free concert in America on July Fourth. Yes, and we've been doing that for about twenty years. So really? the last five years, our title sponsor Wawa um, has been amazing. Um, in the last two years, what is we Wawa? Had v- What's Wawa? Wawa? So it's Wawa, Welcome America. Everyone loves those Wawa hoagies. But oh, Wawa is a kind of hoagie? Wawa is a store, um, oh. and they're most notable oh, oh, W-A-W-A, right, right, right. It's a convenience store, like 7-Eleven. Yes, yes. Yeah, okay, okay. So the it's the amazing... Wawa concert. Right, Wawa, Welcome America. Uh, and so we actually have a full week of celebration for folks interested in learning what's happening every day, starting on June 28th and culminating on July 4th. They can go to www.welcomeamerica.com. Um, and so on the 4th of July, we have the largest free outdoor concert in America. We've been doing that, like I said, for the past 20 years. This year, we're so excited to welcome back Wawa as our title sponsor, as well as VH1. Some folks know VH1. Yeah, who's performing? Uh, uh, So performing will be, we have an amazing roster. um, For the second year in a row, like I said, we have VH1. So we have Aloe Black, Ed Sheeran, Nicki Minaj, Jennifer Hudson, Ariana Grande, and Vicky Martinez. And The Roots. And The Roots. The Roots are our musical curators. Without them, we probably wouldn't have been able to get the level of talent that we've been able to secure the last couple of years. Everyone loves the hometown band, The Roots, so they will also be there as well. Okay, so that's, that's actually on July 4th. And you've got a, where, where are the fireworks in Philadelphia? Over the river? So the fireworks are on the 4th of July, um, and this year they're on Penn's Landing as well, and there will also be some fireworks on June 28th, some small fireworks. <laughs> on June 28th, we're having the largest block party, we're calling it, in America, because Philadelphia knows how to throw a block party at Shops at Liberty. And now, June, I'm looking at my calendar. Is June 28th like a week before, the weekend before? The weekend before. So that's when we actually start our 4th of July festivities ah, okay. to kick everything off. And it goes all week. Then it goes all week. So we, ha- right. we have a community day on June 29th where the community is coming together. And also just folks who want to volunteer. Uh, we partnered with the Mural Arts Program and Jane Golden, who's an icon, uh, just all around uh, the state of Pennsylvania and the country and also notable the world in terms of building um, and creating uh, murals. Um, we are the city of murals as well. And so the community will be coming together to paint a mural. And then we also have a celebration 
Caribbean um, with the Philadelphia Orchestra uh, at Penn's Landing. And then we have Philly at the Movies, three really, really, really great movies that we'll be showing throughout the course of, of the week. One and is these are free and outdoor, right? This free and out, free food folks, and fun, I like to say. So everything is free for that week. Um, so, I, you know, we have something for everyone. We have three movies. One is Frozen. Mm. So Disney's Frozen, which is amazing. We're going to show that at Franklin Square. The second one is Hunger Games, and we're showing that in, oh. Rit- in uh, Rittenhouse. And then the third, obviously, on the Art Museum steps. I think we can all guess what that one is. That would Rocky. be Rocky. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Um, Let me ask you, what is uh, what's Pennsylvania's uh, slogan now? It's it's, uh, you know, used to be city of brotherly love. Then much to my disappointment became the city that loves you back, which, frankly, I thought was terrible. What is it now? Well, it's the same thing. So the mayor always says it's a city of brotherly love. But then I always add and sisterly affection. Okay, so we're back to that. We we got rid yeah. of uh, the city that loves you back, right? Yeah, I mean, and that's just a little be creepy. Our... I don't know. It's just a little <laughs> creepy to me. I don't know why I felt that way. Uh, well, I will find way. you, and we love you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, it sounds like great fun. Give the give me the website again for where uh, where folks can find more information on all the activities. Sure, www.welcomeamerica.com. And uh, folks can also follow us on our social media sites, Twitter. The handle is at July 4th. Um, and Instagram, it's the same as well. All right. Desiree Peterkin-Bell is the communications director with uh, the mayor of Philadelphia, Michael Nutter. Thanks for dropping by, Desiree. Sounds like a great week coming up. Yes, and thank you for having me. See you in Philadelphia. It's, I'd love that, actually. Coming to the end of the first hour, if your station is leaving us, I know very few of our stations do, but if it is, we'll see you here again next the same time, same station next weekend. For the rest of us, stick around. we got a lot more coming up after about a six-minute break. You've been listening to Rudy Max's World, and as always, you're hearing must-hear radio on the SSI Radio Network.